Genesis chapter 19 tonight. Familiar story. <clears throat> I say that. Um, I, I feel like the longer, the worse this world gets, the less familiar these stories become. And so I don't want to be <clears throat> um, presumptuous and think that everyone's heard this and heard from this, but this is what the Lord wants me to preach on. I'm going to be preaching a very serious message tonight. And um, the Lord's really convicted me uh, through this <clears throat> this week and over the last few weeks. And um, and the Bible says it's a fearful thing to fall in the hands of the living God. And uh, we're going we're gonna to read about a man tonight that lost everything because of one bad decision. And I don't believe we should be morbid and I don't believe we should live our life in, in, a, in, a, in dread and, and, uh, and full of anxiety. But we need to also be sober and to be vigilant. And the Bible says we're to walk circumspectly. And that means to be very cautious and careful because we're only one step away from losing it all. And uh, so tonight I want to preach what Lord on my heart. We're going to look in uh, Matthew, Genesis chapter 19. And uh, we'll just read a few verses here, uh, beginning in verse number 1. And there came two angels to Sodom at evening, at evening, and Lot sat in the gate of Sodom, and Lot, seeing them, rose up to meet them, and he bowed himself with his face toward the ground. And he said, Behold, now my lords turn in, I pray you, into your servant's house, and tarry all night, and wash your feet, and you shall rise up early and go on your ways. And have you ever wondered why he was so uh, set on them coming in? and stand? Because he knew what type of place Sodom was. And the Bible says, uh, and they said, Nay, but we will abide in the street all night. And he pressed upon them greatly. And they turned in unto him and entered his house, and he made them a feast, and did make leaven, unleavened bread, and they did eat. And but verse 4, But before they lay down, the men of the city, even the men of Sodom, compassed the house round to both old and young, all the people from every quarter, and they called unto Lot and said, And where are the men which came into thee this night? Bring them out unto us that we may know them. And Lot went out at the door unto them and shut the door after him. And, I, and said, I pray you, brethren, do not so wickedly. It's amazing how he still called them his brethren. The Bible says in verse 8, Behold, now I have two daughters which have not known man. Let me, I pray you, bring them out unto you. And do ye to them as, good, as is good in your eyes. Only to these men do nothing, for therefore came they under the shadow of my roof. And they said, Stand back. And they said again, This one fellow came in to sojourn, and he will needs be a judge. Now will we deal worse with thee than with them. And they pressed sore upon the man, even Lot, and came near to break the door. But the men put forth their hand and pulled Lot into the, door, into the house to them and shut, and shut to the door. And they smote the men that were at the door of the house with blindness, both small and great, and so that they wearied themselves to find the door. Look in um, verse number 17, in verse number 24, I mean. Then the Lord rained upon Sodom and Gomorrah brimstone and fire from the Lord out of heaven. And I'm going to say that's exactly what happened to Sodom and Gomorrah. They found here in recent years underneath the Dead Sea, they found ruins of a city, and they believe it to be Sodom and Gomorrah. 
And I was, I was studying this, and this is what they said. Now, the area was surrounded with slime and oil pits and tar pits, and they said lightning must have struck. The, the city was burned. It's evident it was burned. And they said lightning must have struck the tar pits and the oil pits and set it on fire. That's not what happened. Fire and brimstone fell from heaven. And the Bible says, And he overthrew the cities and all the plain and all the inhabitants of the cities that which grew upon the land. Verse 26, But his wife looked back from behind him, and she became a pillar of salt. And Abraham got up early in the morning to the place where he stood before the Lord and looked down toward Sodom and Gomorrah and toward all the land of the plain. And behold, and lo, the smoke of the country went up as the smoke of a furnace. And it came to pass when God destroyed the cities of the plain that God remembered Abraham and sent Lot out of the midst of the underthrow. And when he overthrew the cities in the which Lot dwelt. Let's pray. Father, I ask you to help us tonight. Lord, I know that for those that have been in church for some time, uh, this is a familiar story. And Lord, it'd be real easy just to turn our ears and our hearts off and not listen. Father, I believe with all my heart you're trying to warn me. And Lord, you're trying to warn my church and you're trying to help us tonight. And I pray, God, that everyone that's here would be on edge and would have their ears tuned to the Word of God. I pray tonight that we would read and learn from what happened to this man. And God, that we'd be diligent in our walk with thee so that it does not happen to us. We love you tonight, Lord. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Tonight I'm going to preach on Lot. And if you write down titles or whatnot, I want to preach on this. He got what he wanted but he lost what he had. He got what he wanted, but he lost what he had. You know tonight, we don't need everything we want. Most of us, most of us have more than we need. But it's amazing how no matter how much we have, our flesh always wants more. And Lot here in the Word of God is remembered. Now here we are thousands of years later. And he is still remembered as a man who got what he wanted, but he lost what he had. And tonight, I want to say that you need to look around at your family and at your home and at your church and at your life and everything you love and everything you care for. And you need to realize that if you, can, if you uh, came in to the lust of the flesh, and you go after your flesh and your and the lust of it that you can lose everything that you love in your life. I've got I could name name after name more names than I could, and I don't say that proudly, but I say it brokenly that of men of God that I knew that I've known not just casually, but I've known personally, intimately, good friends. They had it all. They had wives and children and homes and churches, people that loved them and cared for them. They had a ministry where they preached all over the country and all of a sudden one day they, they came into their flesh and now they don't have anything. First, before we start, in, in chapter 19, I want us to look at what he got. What did he get? As a way of introduction, also think about what did he get when he went to Sodom and Gomorrah. The first thing we find, he got a position. The Bible says in verse 1, he sat at the gate. He sat at the gate. This does not mean that he just, this is not saying that he just sat at a bench or a chair. This was a position that he got. 
He got down to Sodom and Gomorrah and he became a popular man in Sodom and Gomorrah. And they gave him a position. And you know tonight, but by the way, listen, when he didn't give them what they wanted, they were going to take the position away. Remember when they come, we just read it. They beat on the door and said, give us these men. And listen, Lot was so backslidden on God and so cold on God that he offered his virgin daughters to those sodomites. That's, that's, that's vile. And listen to me, and it's, it's all of us, we've got two natures tonight. We've got a new nature that was given us at the new birth. We've got the Holy Spirit, but we've got an old nature. And if we, get, if we cave into the old nature, it'll cause us to do things we never would imagine. This position was one of authority. His voice was heard in Sodom. But the voice of Lot, instead of being a voice, and by the way, I believe our voice should be heard in the world that we're living in. Amen? And, and listen, I believe we ought to let the world know what we believe. But Lot's voice was not one of rebuke, but one of tolerance. Can you see him sitting at the gate? And boy, he's got on these fine robes they gave him and wearing these elaborate uh, chains and, and all this that the world had given him. And they said, Lot, what do you think about this? Oh, well, it's not for me to say, you know, to each his own. And you know, we've learned to just kind of compromise in every area of our life. And listen, he, but guess what? He had some authority down there. Yeah. By the way, the devil wouldn't mind giving you a seat at the gate to get you out of the will of God. And by the way, just because there's a seat at the gate doesn't mean that you and I need to be sitting in it. Every open door is not a God open door. And there's many people that have been ruined by a place of authority, by a position in the world, by a bigger job, by a bigger career, by this and that. And maybe it was in politics or maybe it was in work, but it was something But what? He had a position. He got that. He got that. He got possessions. The Bible says he had a house in verse 2. He had got a place to live down there. And by the way, when God brought him and Abraham and Sarah and his wife out of the land of Earth counties, he didn't bring them out to build houses. He brought them out to live in tents and to be sojourners and travelers and, to go, and listen, but now he had built him a house. He had him a place to stay. And listen, God, he had possessions. He done settled down and become comfortable in the world. The Bible says in Matthew 6, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added unto you. Yeah. Lot gained some possessions in fact, he had something Uncle Abraham didn't have. He had a house. He got popularity. He was a well-liked man in Sodom. They knew him well in Sodom. He was a friend to those in Sodom. And listen to me tonight. The Bible says in James 4, You adulterers and adulteresses, know ye not that the friendship of the world is enmity with God. Whosoever, therefore, is a friend of the world is the enemy of God. Let me tell you, according to the Word of God, in John 15, if you'll read it, the words of Christ tell us, Drew, that the more like Christ we become, the more hated we'll be by the world. 
Jesus told his disciples, they hated me, they'll hate you. If they treated the master this way, how would they treat their servants? And here we are, living in this wicked, depraved world, and we want to join arm in arm, hand in hand, and be accepted by them. Listen tonight, we should not labor to be accepted by man, but to be accepted by God. Second Corinthians 5 and says, Wherefore we labor that whether present or absent we may be accepted of him. Oh, there's many a Christian, a saved person tonight, that they've been accepted by the world. The world likes them because they're silent and they don't speak up and they don't stand and they're not willing to rebuke sin and take a stand for what's right and wrong and the world accepts them but God rejects their life. He got all those things. But I want to look tonight, and I'm going to be brief, about what he lost. What did he lose? What did he lose? What did he lose by getting what he wanted? And that thing that you want tonight, that person, that, that whatever it might be, that, that, that whatever it might be, you can mark it down. The devil makes no fair deals with anybody. You know they advertise these new trucks and, and listen. And they said it and they say zero percent payments four seventy seven a month. If you go look it up, it's for like ninety six months. I remember my daddy when I was young. He bought a new red uh, uh, regular cab Silverado. Uh, two wheel, I mean, just playing Jay. But man, I mean, that was something compared to the station wagon and the Ford Escort we've been driving for speed. And, and, and he financed it. And I remember him, he was moaned and groaned. And, and oh, it was, I think he financed it for 36 months. He said, I've signed my life away for 30. He probably had enough in a jar and buried in the backyard, could have paid for it. But 30, and now they'll finance it for 84 months, for 96 months. How much you're willing to sign the line but listen you're getting the bad end of the deal and you can believe this tonight the, the devil laid a contract out in front of Lot and he said here you go Lot I'm giving you all this but you know what Lot didn't do he didn't read the fine print because if he had read the fine print he would have found there were some things it was going to cost him it cost him his fortune I'm not going to read all this, but I want you to read it in your own time. Verse 15 through 23. It cost him his fortune. You know them cows he brought down there? They died. You know that house he was so proud of? It burned. Brother Aaron, every penny he had, it was gone. I mean, listen, all that he had gained, his possessions, his fortune, his popularity, his fame, his seat at the gate, it burned. Everything that he gained, his fortune that he gained, he lost it all in Son of Gomorrah. You can read this in your own time, but read Ecclesiastes 2, verse 1 through 11. Solomon, the richest man in the world. If you took what Solomon had in his day and time, and if he were alive on earth today, he would be the richest man in the world today. Wealthy. He said, I built me houses. I got me servants. I had me wives. He goes through this long list for there. He said, everything I wanted, I had. He had everything he wanted. He could get everything he saw. He took and listened. And he said, at the end of the day, he says, I saw it all. And he said, all is vanity and vexation of spirit. 
The more possessions you have, the more problems you have. Anybody ever notice that? The more money you make, the more money you spend. I mean, I wish I could be Dave Ramsey. I really do. But it's easy for him to tell us how to live when he's got $3 million plus houses on down in, around Telehome on the lake down there at Tim Four Lake. But all I'm saying is he had all these, uh, this fortune and he lost it all in Sodom and Gomorrah. He lost his fortune. His fortune was gained. Listen, I'm going to give you this. He was, it was gained sovereignly. You can read back in chapter 13, verse 5 and 6. They left Ur of Chaldees. And when they left, they didn't, I mean, they were just traveling through the wilderness. And somehow, some way, in just a little bit of time, Lot went from just being a pilgrim, just a traveler, to all of a sudden, he had servants, he had cattle, he had herds. And listen, what I'm saying is, I believe it was God that gave him those cattle. I believe it was God that gave him the wealth that he had, and the, the cattle that he had, the servants that he had. It was a blessing from the Lord. And listen tonight, you need to understand this. The, the possessions we have, the money we have, the jobs we have, the homes we have, the clothes we have, the cars we have, everything we have comes from the hand of God. Yeah. It was gained sovereignly. But it was grown or grew sinfully. Verses 10 through 11 of chapter 13. It says that he looked, he looked there at those plains and he says, he thought, that's a good place to raise my cows because they're well watered. You know, in the Middle East, the highest, the most precious commodity is not oil, it's water. And he looked down there and he said, Ma, I can take these whole things and, <laughs> and these angus. I don't know if that's what he had, but might as well. That's all I know. He, he said, I can take these cows down there. They'll have plenty of grass. They'll have plenty of water. I won't have to worry about it anymore. My calves, they'll, they'll, have, they'll have calves. And they'll have more calves. And he said, boy, that's a good place to raise cattle. But he didn't think about this. It was a horrible place to raise children. Lot did not realize this, but in choosing Sodom, listen to me, he chose his cows over his kids. And to be honest, if you look at this, if we didn't know the end of the story, is there anybody in here, if we didn't know the end of the story, would look at this in chapter 13 and think that was a sinful thing he did? No. He just simply said, that looks like a good place. That's where I'm going. But you know where his sin was, Drew? He didn't pray about it. And by the way, Abraham was the most spiritual man on the earth at that time. Do you believe that? Abraham was the most spiritual person on the entire earth and Lot did not even take the time to ask for his counsel. You know, the Bible says in the multitude of counselors, there's safety. And I listen, I don't believe you ought to come and ask the preacher what kind of refrigerator you ought to buy and whether you ought to eat crushed ice or cubed ice. Or, I mean, listen, you, that's foolish. And there's some preachers, that's the way they are. You've got to ask them, do I, do I get my steak medium, medium rare, well done? Well, they, listen, that's not what I'm talking about. But when it comes to these decisions like this, you ought to seek guidance from people that God's put in your life. 
What sought no counsel. What made it sinful was this, that he did it without consulting the Lord or considering whether or not this was the will of God for his life. And just because the job has more money, better benefits, and just because it, it, it gives you more vacation and better, better, uh, better retirement, it doesn't mean it's the will of God. You children, when you grow and you start seeking a career, don't look for what you can make the most money doing. Don't say, well, how can I get rich? That's a, that's a bad road to go down. Amen. He lost his fortune. It, was, it grew sinfully. Lot got richer by going to Sodom and Gomorrah in material things. But can you imagine, can you imagine if he had known what was going to happen, do you think he would have made a different choice? I believe he would. And we sit back and say, man, how could a man trade his children for cows? There's people doing it every day right now. Every day. The most precious thing we have, the Bible says children are a heritage from the Lord. And when you have children, and I know there's some your children are raised, and maybe you don't think this applies to you, but it applies to all of us. These kids what God's put in our church, they're a gift from God. And listen to me, we must treat them. We must make every choice with them in mind. His fortune was gained silently. It grew swiftly, but it, but it, it grew sinfully. But it was gone swiftly like that. Most people agree, Brother Aaron, that he spent about 20 years in Sodom and Gomorrah. 20 years. And I'd say when he went down there, he had in his mind, in his mind, he thought, I'm going to go down here. I'm going to raise these cattle. I'm going to have more than I can need. I'm going to build me a nice house. I'm going to stop following old Abraham around. I'm going to make a name for myself. I'm going to carve out my own niche in the world. I'm going to live and, and, and live and live a long life and die an old man and hold my grandchildren and my great-grandchildren. He did not realize that in just 20 years it would all be gone. Proverbs 23, 4 says, Labor not to be rich. Cease from thy own wisdom. Wilt thou set thine eyes upon that which is not? For riches certainly make themselves wings. They fly away as an eagle towards heaven. And 20 years may seem like a long time. How many of you remember when you was a kid and it seemed like 20 years old? Man, that was something. I remember 16 was my magic number. I just couldn't wait to drive. I mean, I thought, man, when I get to drive, my world is going to be, it's going to be like heaven on earth, you know? And, and then it was 18, and then it was 20, and 20, anyhow. But tonight, here we are. We understand how short a time that really is. And here's the truth of the matter. Listen to me. What tonight is suffering still thousands of years later for, for 20 years of pleasure? He lost his fortune. He lost his fortune. But then he lost his family. I'm not going to read it again. We've got to hurry. But you can read chapter 19, verses 12 through 14. He lost his family. He didn't realize it when he went. But ultimately, did you know that the family, the family, the home, is the first thing that God ordained on this earth? The home. 
And is it any surprise that it's under attack? I saw the other day where these, these liberals now, they're saying that they should kids that are seven and eight years old should be given the option to choose whether they want to be a boy or a girl. But I can't choose whether I want to wear a mask or not. Does anybody see the inconsistency here? And do you understand? Listen, I don't have any hate in my heart. Not one ounce. Not one ounce of hate. And I know people, and we all know people that we love that have gotten wrapped up in that stuff. But the truth is tonight, the family is what the devil's after. Divorce has never been higher in this nation. There's more kids tonight living in a single parent home than ever before. And Satan has slipped, has slipped in and destroyed the home in this country. But he lost his family. I want to ask you this. Do you want to lose your family? Maybe you're one of these kids that think, well, I don't have family. You do. You got a mom and a dad. You got brothers and sisters. There's many people not out of the will of God. They've lost their relationship with their mom and dad and their brothers and sisters and their family. And what about your church family? How much does your church family mean to you tonight? Uh, how much does it matter tonight? Uh, listen, Lot lost his family. His family looked at, on him. They watched him. They watched him as he lived a backslidden double style life. A double lifestyle before him. They watched him pray over supper and then go sit at the gate. There's an old saying, I can't hear what you're saying because of what you're doing is so loud. It's convicting to me because my family looks at me too. And they look at you. I want to ask you this, parents. When your children look at you, what do they see? When Lot's children looked at him, they saw a hypocrite. And by the way, our children are smarter than we, we really think they are. They heard him talk about God, but they saw him rub shoulders with evil. They, 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 they heard him tell the story. How Uncle Abraham and them left their land of their account. He heard, they heard the story. And by the way, Lot was a saved man. He was a righteous man, but he was... Not right with the Lord. His family looked on him. I want to ask you this. And I believe it's important we keep our kids in church so they have people they can look to and look up to. I do. But let me tell you this. There's nobody they look to more than their mom and dad. And, and, and I know this is hard. This is this, you know, people think hard preaching when you preach against TV. This is what hard preaching is right here. Real hard. It's hard for me to do. But if the only example your kids had to be a Christian, if it was you, what kind of Christian would they be? So why do you say that? Because the only example Lot's children had was Lot. His family looked on him. But in verse 14, his family laughed at him. The Bible says he went down there when the angel of the Lord come and, and he went, George, sit down, baby. He went to the, they went to the door and, 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 and the angel of the Lord said, Lot, you better get out. He said, God's done with this place. He's going to burn it to the ground. 
And oh, what? It shook him down to his heart. And he realized I'd made a great mistake. And guess the first place he went, you know where he went? To his daughter's house. And his sons-in-laws were there. And the Bible says he seemed as one that mocked. You look that up and it says they thought he was kidding. And they sat back and laughed. Said, Lord, you're kidding me. You're kidding me. What? You gave me your daughter to marriage. You were there. You were there at our wedding. You stood there and you considered. And now you mean to tell us you believe that this God that you just tell me is going. And they laughed at him. Listen, Lot had influence at the gate, but he didn't have influence at home. That's sad, ain't it? And I'd hate to think that I had more influence in the world than I do in my own home. His family looked on him. His family laughed at him. But his family was left by him. He left his sons-in-laws in Sodom and Gomorrah. His wife died on the way out. His daughters got him drunk and had a immoral relationship with him, had two illegitimate children by him. And I said this earlier. I said this earlier. I believe Lot was a saved man, but I don't believe any of his family was. And you may not can go to hell, but you sure can influence others to go there. There's a so-called preacher in this area. I ain't going to say his name because I don't want to make nobody mad. Somebody here may still think he's good, but I may say his name eventually. He goes out here and rides four-wheelers and gets drunk. Listen to me. Gets drunk and jokes about going to preach on Sunday, and he preaches in a church. He does. I got people in here that know it for a fact. Seen it with their own eyes. This ain't hearsay. And you say, how do you know? Huh. A few weeks ago, there's a man that I've been trying to witness to get in church. And, 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 and I, I'm trying hard, praying hard for him. He called me. He, he said this man's name. He said, do you know this man? And I knew when he said it, I thought, yep, yes, I do. He said, well, what about him? He said, is he a preacher? And here I am. Between a rock and a hard place, do I tell them the truth? You know, I didn't know, I didn't know. And, and so I said, well, I said, I'll just put it to you this way. Him and I aren't the same type of preacher. And he said, well, my cousin's dating him. And he said, I met him the other day. And he said, he, and he had been drinking. And, and he said, you could tell he wasn't right in the head. And he, and he told me that he pastors a church. He says, how can a man do that and preach? And listen, what I'm saying tonight is he got what he wanted, but he lost his children, his wife, his home. He lost it all because he got what he wanted. He lost, he lost his fellowship. Once he got to Sodom and Gomorrah till the last day he lived, you'll never read one time in the Bible where Lot prayed or had fellowship with God ever again. He never built an altar. He never offered a sacrifice. He lost his fellowship with God. Let me tell you what the New Testament tells us. And if it wasn't for these one, this one little portion of Scripture, everybody here would think Lot went straight to hell. 2 Peter 2, uh, 7-9, it says that righteous Lot, 
that just lot, just lot, vexed his righteous soul in both seeing and hearing the filthy conversation of the wicked. And, 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 and if it wasn't for that one verse, if it wasn't for that one, that one little, that one little, that was, that's all we've got that, that tells us he was saved. Now listen to me tonight. I thank God for that. But listen, when it comes time to die, I hope I leave behind more than just one verse of testimony, don't you? I hope there's more evidence, Brother Aaron. I hope there's more evidence for my children and my family and those that knew me that I knew God than just one verse. This is what the Bible says. It said he vexed his righteous soul. His soul. You know what Jesus said? He says, what shall profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses his own soul? He lost fellowship with God. It is my belief tonight that the most important element in living the Christian life is that of fellowship with God. The most important element in living the Christian life is that of fellowship with God. If a person has fellowship with God, it'll take care of everything else in their life. We all want to say, well, it's not doing this and it's not doing that and it is doing this and it is doing that. Do you know tonight we must be Christians before we can do Christian things? And there's been an overemphasis over the years of doing and doing and doing. Uh, listen to me. We're not saved by doing. We're saved by grace. And we're not sanctified by doing. We're sanctified by the grace of God. And listen, tonight fellowship is key to living the Christian life. Yeah. And the devil took that from him. He lost fellowship with God. He lost his future though. The last time we see him, he's hung over in a cave holding two children. It's, it's, it's a sick thing. A sick thing. And after chapter 19, you never read about him again in the Bible. No future. No future. He lost his future. He lost his fame. Hebrews 11 has been called the Hall of Faith. And in Hebrews 11, we hear, see this long list of the patriarchs that paved the way for us to be, have faith tonight. And it's amazing. You can read. It talks about uh, Enoch, how he walked, Esau, uh, uh, Abel, and Esau, and Enoch. And it talks about Abraham. But then it talks about Isaac, Jacob, Joseph. It goes, but there's one person you won't find in there. You won't find Lot. You won't find Lot. And soon our lives will be over. It will. Like a vapor. And the only thing that's going to matter is the life we live for the Lord. In 1 Corinthians chapter 3, it mentions Lot, it references Lot as well, and how he was saved, but by fire. And 
This evening, I, I, I really don't know why the Lord's put this so hard, strong on my heart, but it's really caused me to do some thinking. But the saddest thing of this is at the judgment seat of Christ, there's going to be many people that realize then what a bad choice they made down here. And right now, in their life, in their mind, and, 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 and by the way, I really believe that Lot was completely convinced that what he was doing was okay. God tried to get him out of Sodom and Gomorrah. The key, there were some kings that come in and, and, and took them prisoner. And for 12 years, they had to, they had to, uh, they were under the bondage of that for 12 years. And Abraham, he raised up an army and went down there and got Lot out and said, Lot, you can come home with me. What? Oh, you, you don't have to stay here anymore. And guess what? That was Lot's chance to get out. You see, the story could have ended different. But Lot was convinced that what he was doing was right. And he found out it was wrong far too late. Tonight I'll ask you something. Is it worth losing what you have to get what you want? Because we're all just one decision away from losing everything.